What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast? Are you ready? This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we take you through the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From NXT to Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspective, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in the world of wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean McChesney and CJ Palmasano. All right, let's get to it. We're still in quarantine. We're still in quarantine. It's day 14, I think, and I'm going nuts. Actually, I think yesterday was day 15 because my friend sent me a uh, day 15, guys, we could do this. And I sent them the meme of uh, Mr. Krabs going, day 15, <laughs> give it up for day 15. So I think we're on day 16. I saw something yesterday where it's like April 2020 and then you hear this outside. I see a bunch of anime characters and then it's the, mu- yeah, the, it's, the yeah. music from zombies. Yes. I'm like, oh shit, if that's, if that's really going to happen... I gotta call. I gotta call. Uh, my I'm buddy. getting scared. April is on Wednesday, so how much worse does this get? <laughs> let's hope not too worse. Let Let's hope we anyway. don't get zombies or Death Stars or Imperial Star Destroyers or any of those things. Highly recommend if you haven't watched The Walking Dead, do it now. So just in case you are prepared for the zombie apocalypse. But that's another uh, podcast for another day. This yeah. is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Sean McChesney, CJ Palmasano. <laughs> We're your hosts. Uh, we appreciate if you're still listening after those first three minutes of us rambling about quarantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to try to put aside that for a bit while after the first segment because the first segment actually uh, relates to the coronavirus. We're going to get to that in a second. So no matter uh, what we do, the coronavirus is going to be impacted by I this. I know, I know, and so it sucks. We gotta, we'll try our best, but a lot of stuff, but it's for affecting example, wrestling too. You, for example, I'm hosting you, helping you host this podcast again. That yeah. wouldn't happen without the outbreak. <laughs> Well, that's one thing I can thank the virus for. Exactly. Um, so we'll, we'll touch on uh, everything that happened on SmackDown and Raw this week, NXT, uh, on AEW Dynamite as well. We'll talk about blood and guts being postponed. CJ and I were supposed to be there uh, at the Prudential Center on Wednesday. Obviously, that did not happen. Actually, a week uh, when, ago. Yeah. We were supposed when, to be there a week when, ago. Be about uh, how amazing the match was and... It didn't happen that yeah. way, so we'll, we'll touch on when we think the match will actually be allowed to take place, things like that. But CJ, some breaking news out of the WWE, some huge breaking news that happened. Well, huge news that's late. being reported. Nothing being acknowledged by WWE well, being, yet. Being reported, but not acknowledged by the WWE yet, not even on their social media, but 
credible sources enough for me to say that this is probably likely going to be the case. Roman Reigns out of WrestleMania 36. Um, this was reported late on Thursday night. We are recording uh, as of Sunday. Uh, Roman Reigns, of course, was supposed to face Goldberg for the Universal title in the main event of WrestleMania Night 2 on Sunday night. He is backed out of the pay-per-view. Obviously, we remember Roman Reigns was dealing with... Uh, can in time he got leukemia last year uh which means that took a toll on his immune system and obviously as we know about the coronavirus if you have a bad immune system you don't want the disease well you don't want it anyway but if you have a bad immune system it doesn't play well into your favor no, so no, roman reigns has decided to uh respectfully and i respect him 100 percent for this back out of the event uh he will no longer face goldberg for the universal title at wrestlemania um I will say this about Roman Reigns before I get into what this means for the WWE. Like I just said, um, I a thousand percent respect his decision, his bravery to not go on with the show. Um, I can understand from a professional standpoint how hard that decision must have been for him, how hard that conversation with Vince must have been. Uh, but at the end of the day, the man is, what, 34, 35 years old. He's still in the prime of his career. He's a young guy. He's got a wife. He's got a kid. Um, he's got three kids. Well, you're right. Um, everything in life today is bigger than your job, is bigger than sports, is bigger than anything. Uh, today, we focus on our loved ones. We focus on our health. Uh, we focus on everybody in our homes. And we focus on our friends and their families and their health. And we hope that they're okay. Um, so I applaud Roman Reigns for his decision. Now... This is bad for the WWE. A thousand percent bad. It's one thing that you had Roman Reigns and Goldberg. I wasn't a fan of it when they announced it. I'm still not a fan of it today. But to have your top guy out of WrestleMania, CJ, that's as bad as it gets. Yeah, it's very bad. Um, it was reported, I think, first by uh, Ryan Satin, the pro wrestling sheet, and then it was later reported by uh, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer that Roman Reigns is officially out of WrestleMania. He won't Bleacher be Report ran the story as well. He will no longer be a part of WrestleMania facing Goldberg for the Universal Championship. Um, it's a it's a huge blow for the WWE because that is the ma the main event match they wanted to have of Night Two. And if we're being completely honest, I still think they would have made this the main event of WrestleMania, even if the coronavirus wasn't around, even I if uh, we still had it at Raymond James Stadium or whatever, I still think this would have been the main event, and this probably would have made Mania go with a really, really sour taste. I don't know, but because the fact that you want to have Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar night, main event of night one, and then Roman and Goldberg main event of night two, it just that's just how I see it. I completely... I'm more pessimistic when it comes to that because, you know, Roman's Roman is their guy. Roman is Vince's guy, and that's all he gives a shit about. But anyway, I do respect Roman <laughs> for wanting to back out of this because, like you said, John, everyone's health is way, way more important than anything they are doing right now in their lives, in the world. You know, he does have a bad immune system. He's had leukemia twice, and he's beaten it twice, and thank God he has. But... I would be afraid if I was him and just staying home with your wife, with your family. I think that's way more important because it's times like these you need to be, try to be around at least the ones you love that live with you. And it, it's hard for some of us who can't be with the ones we love 
when we're stuck in quarantine, when we're stuck in the house. Uh, it sucks, but we all will get through it, and we all will be okay. And just remember that this is going to go away. It's going to take some time, but it's going to go away, and we're going to pull through it. And Sean and I were talking uh, beforehand that you know, in a few years, it's going to be like, oh, I got the coronavirus. You, there will be a vaccine at that point, and it'll be what you know babies get vaccinated for, and we'll be okay. And it will be okay. Just right now, it's just we're still learning and we're still trying to fight uh, in the trenches, so to speak. But for Roman, and that's go ahead. No, go ahead, C. Go ahead, CJ. No, I was just gonna say that for Roman Reigns, I respect his decision, um, and he should absolutely, absolutely stay home. It's pretty much what I was just just gonna say. I agree. Um, and and like we just said, the virus is still a little bit of an unknown. We're hearing different things every single day. We're hearing uh, how healthy people are dying of the disease, and, and we still don't know how. We still don't know why. I read a report this morning, unfortunately, that it claimed the first uh, one-year-old, I think, uh, a baby under one years old that just died of the coronavirus. So we're still learning things every single day about the disease. Um, obviously, CJ, we come from the tri-state area, uh, an area that has been hit hard by the coronavirus, the, mm-hmm. the worst uh, hit part of the country. Obviously, the United States this past weekend surpassed Italy and China uh, for the most cases in the world, which is a very unfortunate stat to be a part of. Um, but it's going to be a stat that hopefully that we will get to tell our children one day. Um, this is an unfortunate set of events, um, and, and tying it back to the WWE, it sucks to lose your main event of WrestleMania a week and a half before, actually a week before the event. This happened Thursday night. WrestleMania starts on Saturday. So this happens a couple of nights ago on Thursday. It's about a week before the event. Um, it sucks, but I do credit Vince McMahon for giving his wrestlers an option to not only back out of WrestleMania, but just to back out of work until they see fit to allow your main event of WrestleMania to just go away. No hard feelings. I applaud Vince McMahon for that. And, and not saying that it's like, Oh, he, he wouldn't have allowed it to happen or, or he should allow it to happen. He should. But the idea that he's saying no hard feelings. If you don't feel safe coming to work, don't come to work. If you really want to back out of WrestleMania, back out of WrestleMania. The thing that I've noticed CJ with a few of these themes of just, you know, counties shutting down and states going into uh, stay-at-home mode or whatever. Nobody does it until the first superstar cracks or until the first, the first domino falls, I should say. For example, uh, California was the first state to officially launch the you know, stay-at-home order, right? California was the first. Everybody else uh, was next after that. Uh, a few weeks before that, San Jose County in California was the first county to ban large gatherings. Everybody else followed shortly after a few weeks ago the nba was the first sport to shut down everybody else shut down the next day and the day after roman reigns was the first reported superstar to back out of wrestlemania now we're hearing carmella now we're hearing dana brooke now we're hearing the miz now all these are just reports of course and we'll see what happens when they take smackdown this weekend and tape raw and tape nxt but roman was to me the first reported domino to fall and now everybody else is going as well. EJ, did I lose you? <laughs> oh, wait. Did you lose me? I lost you for a second, but did you hear me? I did hear you. I guess my mic turned off for a okay, second. Okay, that's, that's all that matters. All I, guess, I guess my mic turned off. That can off. be edited. I that get, can be edited. Yes, okay. it can. As long as you heard me, that's all good. I did hear you. Uh, I guess... Okay. 
I guess what I was saying was that WrestleMania pretty much, I mean, I think it's pretty much set and done that it has been taped and it was taped this week. And I think they have at least gotten the Raw and SmackDown after Mania and see what they're kind of going to try and do. Because the city of Orlando has also put in effect of the band of however many people and mass gatherings and everything. So after WrestleMania, we may not be sure if wrestling will still be around. As of right now, it is. But WWE have been holding all their shows in uh, the Performance Center in Orlando. Now, Dave Meltzer has reported that it's pretty much a done deal that Braun Strowman is now Goldberg's new opponent for WrestleMania. I know you and I were texting the other day, and we were saying possible people. It could be be Daniel Bryan. We're not sure, but Bryan is now facing... Brian's now facing Sami Zayn at Mania. Um, it it could possibly be Jeff Hardy, maybe Matt Riddle, The Fiend, John Cena, but apparently it's Braun Strowman. I he was the first person that I thought of immediately. I'm like, it should be Strowman. It should be Strowman. It should have been Strowman a long time ago. Oh. It it sucks that he's getting this match under these circumstances because again he was so white hot a few years ago and you can argue the fact that he should have been universal champion a long time ago and he should have been gotten he should have gotten a, a WrestleMania caliber match like this a long time ago because every year when mania comes around after Braun Strowman has done something really great and he's been white hot they don't know what to do with him put him in the pre-show yeah put him in the pre-show you, you know you put him or they give him a kid tag team partner you give him like a he wins the raw tag team titles on his own um they do all stuff like that but the thing is, is that WWE on SmackDown this past Friday did not even acknowledge it. Another thing about Ryan Satin is that Ryan Satin works for Fox on WWE backstage. and he Right, works, he's their correspondent. Yeah, he's their correspondent. So, yes, it's a Fox-oriented show, and that's how they got CM Punk there. And I guess you could say that's how they got Ryan Satin there, too. But it's still a WWE show too it's still and also cj i don't mean to cut you off but the idea that he had the report first that's what and i know it's still a report and wwe has refused to acknowledge it so far but the fact that he reported it makes me believe it's true yeah i believe it's true because satin and and melter are two very credible sources and i just don't understand why wwe haven't done anything you could have put out some kind of statement you could have done something because a big part of smackdown this past friday was the build of goldberg and roman reigns like you need to acknowledge this i i don't know i don't know what we could get an answer to this on monday we could get an answer to this on next friday we may not get an answer until wrestlemania i don't know we don't know what the angle is it's very uncertain it's very up in the air but it isn't the first time that it, if they waited till Mania and still said it's Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, and then they, they find out the ankle, or whatever the case may be. I mean, it wasn't only a few years ago where they announced that uh, John Cena was going to be in the Royal Rumble. And then the pre-show of that Royal Rumble, he, he didn't show up. And they said, oh, John Cena's not here. You advertised John Cena to be there. There could have been people who paid to see John Cena, who bought a ticket, or bought the pay-per-view for John Cena, if they don't have the network. Then you just you know it's it's another carny aspect of wrestling that I just personally can't stand that WWE do a lot. 
See, my whole thing with this is, and I and I understand your point. From the taped show aspect, my whole thing is that maybe the show had already been taped. I can understand that. But like you just said, CJ, you have an Instagram, you have a Twitter, you have a Facebook, you have a YouTube page. You've got to release something. You are less than a week now from night one from night one of WrestleMania. Night two was a week from today as we're recording this. And obviously night two is when that main event match between Roman Reigns and Goldberg was supposed to take place. Something's got to give. You can't, now, maybe go maybe we're blowing this out of proportion and maybe they release a statement tomorrow night on Raw. Or maybe they release something on social media when WWE can faithfully confirm that Roman Reigns is out of the pay-per-view. I'm not sure. I, again, this is a whole new thing for everybody involved. Nobody has ever backed out of a main event of WrestleMania one week before for health concerns. And again, not blaming Roman Reigns for it. I actually respect his decision. I commend him for it. But this has never happened before under these circumstances. So maybe we need to wait another day or two for the WWE to speak up and say Roman Reigns is out of WrestleMania. Braun Strowman will replace him. Or we'll have a battle royal on Friday night and the winner faces Goldberg and Braun Strowman ends up winning. I don't know. At this point, anything works. They need to do something. They need to do something. And I just think that you should just come out and say, everybody's reporting on it. Every reliable sources are reporting on it. I mean, other sports websites, like you said, like Bleacher Report, are reporting on it. And you need to come out and say, yes, Roman Reigns will not be competing at WrestleMania. Uh, we have, and you can just say, you can just say Braun Strowman. At this point, I know that I know I, I've never really liked WWE just saying like, oh, it's going to be this person for whatever reason, and then just just because. With no explanation, but at times like this, it's okay to do that. And you this don't. Point, you got to get the match out there. Yeah, but you don't need to have an angle for everything. In times like this, like I know that Vince McMahon and WWE, they like to very much be in their own bubble, and nothing outside the WWE uh, can be interfere in, or in the real world can interfere into here. Like you acknowledge, Kobe Bryant died the day of the Royal Rumble. That was, you know, that was news. Obviously, much bigger news than Roman Reigns being out of WrestleMania. But he's it's out the biggest, of... Kobe Bryant dying that day was also the biggest sports story that wasn't a sports story. It was the biggest yeah. worldwide story on the in the globe. And So, of course, they were going to report on it. Yes, of course. But at the same time, Roman Reigns is out of WrestleMania because he is scared for his health. Why? Because of the coronavirus. What is the coronavirus? The biggest thing that's happening globally. You can acknowledge the fact that Roman Reigns is not going to be in WrestleMania because of his health and because he is afraid for his health. And that's perfectly fine. You don't need to turn everything into an angle or just wait on it. I mean, as we say this on Friday, they could... Like Vince McMahon or Triple H can come out beforehand. They could record a segment and be like, you know, good evening. Uh, do the, they, they could do all this pretty soon and we could just be rambling on here. But the fact is they should do something and they should do something soon because... The reason we, well, the reason we ramble, CJ, is because recent history has showed us that they're going to do something stupid out of this. Yeah. They're, they're going to they're film Roman Reigns' head down somewhere. They're going to say, due to injuries, Roman Reigns is out of WrestleMania. Goldberg took out Roman Reigns, some shit like that. The reason we ramble is because according to recent history or history of the entire WWE, they're known for pulling stupid crap like this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we talked off mic about this, how besides maybe the very beginning when they started doing shows at the Performance Center, 
There's really been no mention of what's going on outside the WWE, what's going on with the coronavirus, things like that. You're doing shows in front of empty arenas. Now all your live shows are taped. Yep. It can be mentioned. NXT mentioned it last week. I mean, yeah, they acknowledge that. I mean, we'll get into NXT, but Triple H acknowledged that there are bigger things going on in the world. He didn't actually say it. But you acknowledged it, and that's the thing. I think they need to do that. They need to acknowledge the fact that this is going on. They need to acknowledge the fact that people are not going to be part of Mania because they're afraid for their health, and that's perfectly fine. Um, that's just what I think they should do. But now let me let me ask you this from a from a storyline now standpoint: I, if we get Braun versus Goldberg, who wins the match? Honestly, it should turn. It should be Braun. It should be, but I wouldn't put it past them to keep the title on Goldberg and for Brock, for that matter, because they're part-timers and because the city of Orlando put this ban in for however many you know mass gatherings, that can put to the argument of, well, if you're not going to have wrestling on TV, why not just why not just have Goldberg and Lesnar be, keep them being champions because they can't they're not there that often anyway, and we're not gonna be able to have shows that often. I don't know, but it, it should have, it should just be Strowman and Goldberg. Never should have won the title back to begin with. Well, I agree, and and for the record, that meme speaks volumes because as soon as Goldberg won the title, all this crap started. So, yeah, um, not not to say we should blame Goldberg, but maybe we should blame Goldberg. I don't know. <laughs> no, we should blame, we should blame the asshole in China who decided to eat a bat. Well, that's another that's another podcast for another day. Um, but anyway, but like you said about Lesnar, I've been saying from the beginning since they pulled WrestleMania out of Raymond James that that McIntyre wasn't going over. I don't believe he should go over, not yet. I don't want his big title win to happen in front of nobody. And if they can find a way to push it to SummerSlam in front of a raucous crowd in Boston, I think that'd be a lot better for him. Or... If you are going to have that show in June in the Garden and they make it some giant pay-per-view and not a house show, you do it there. Either way, it should be done in front of a raucous crowd that's ready to see him beat Lesnar. shouldn't be done in front of a cameraman and Michael Cole because the other announcers can't get in because they're scared of their health, by the way. Which also, again, not blaming them for. It's just it's not the right time. So I agree with you in the stance of I think Lesnar's going over and I think Goldberg's going over. Well, early predictions. There you go. Well, that's what we do here on this podcast. Anyway, anyway, um, but I think we talked a lot about Roman and the about how's his health. Um, but kind of transitioned into some other people. We have, I, oh yeah, we talked about that before. But other people are not going to be a part of Mania. But anyway, I guess kind of things that happened on SmackDown this past Friday. Um, my favorite thing that happened on SmackDown this week was Firefly Funhouse. And when I had first read about, you know, I read things about John Cena and Bray Wyatt kind of having a theatrical uh, type of match for WrestleMania. I had read things, you know, it's gonna they said it's gonna be a Firefly Funhouse match, and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell's? <laughs> I think what the hell's a Firefly Funhouse match? This is gonna be stupid. This is gonna be like House of Horrors all over again. But then I watched Firefly Funhouse and I watched Bray Wyatt the recent episode he did. He was just staring at the picture from WrestleMania 30 where John Cena's got his hand up ready for the five knuckle shelf. He's like staring at it, seething, and he turns around like, oh, hi, fireflies! <laughs> and he's just, you know, he's all happy, and then he's like, he's, he's about to talk, but then they cut over to like the the uh, the lantern that The Fiend brings down of the head of Bray Wyatt with the long hair. 
and he's like, stop it. Shut up. Shut up. Like, like you hear like little, like, like you can hear, like, like you can hear there's something going on in his head as if the lantern's talking to him. And he goes, you had your chance and you failed, but he, but he will make it better. Talking about the fiend. So Bray Wyatt starts making a, uh, smoothie or shake or something. And he starts, he's like, all the ingredients to beat John Cena. Here they are. Add some disappointment, some failures, hot sauce for flavor. And, ooh, what was the last, um, misery and self, self-sorrow. <laughs> then Rambling Rabbit comes on like, hey, man, don't forget your carrot so you can see John Cena. That's exactly what I need. Then he throws the carrot. It's like. A bunch of unnecessary, irrelevant opinions. <laughs> so he throws Rambling Rabbit in the blender, and then he blends Rambling Rabbit with the the concoction. They don't show him blending, but it's alluded. Um, which, in my mind, I immediately thought of Rambling Rabbit is the Kenny of South Park in Firefly Funhouse because he, he dies every he, week. He keeps dying, and they keep bringing him back. <laughs> so I love that. Um, and then it's like some kind of orange drink and he drinks it. And then that's when Wyatt challenges him to a Firefly Funhouse match. After watching this segment, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm excited again. I- I'm just I-, I am fully committed to The Fiend and and uh, and John Cena. Because, um, again, like there are a few really great gems in this whole thing. And Bray Wyatt is one of those gems just making still keeping me excited about WrestleMania happening. Um uh, and it, it's it still might be my most favorite build to a match so far, even though it's had like the as far as the big marquee matches, it's had the shortest time to be built. If that makes any sense, because they started building it after uh, after Crown Jewel, basically, literally, literally the day after. It was the day after, exactly. They literally flew uh, Wyatt back just to point at the Mania sign, and that was maybe three weeks ago. Four yeah. weeks ago, yeah. Um, because because I mean I love the in ring segment between that they had in the empty the first empty arena show I think they had was SmackDown. I, I loved that interaction and I love what Bray Wyatt. I, I just love the character work of Bray Wyatt ever since he's changed uh, to this to this you know psychotic Mister Rogers slash you know horror <laughs> movie character of the fiend. Like I I, I love what he's been doing. Uh, since you know, since the summertime, it's been it's been a great job and a great journey. Right. Um, some other things that happened on SmackDown. So now we no longer have a six pack challenge; we have a fatal five way. Um, but I was thinking about this with the way things are going. That Paige may uh, announce the match for Mania, uh, and Bailey saying how Paige made this match and how she's kind of out together. With Edge coming back from injury for how long? For nine years. And I don't know how long it's been since Paige retired, but it's been a lot shorter. It's been... She retired the night after... Officially. Mania 34, I believe. Yeah, because she retired in the same arena in New Orleans that she won the Divas title in on her first night. So yeah, it's been about... It will be almost three years since she retired. Okay, that's a hell of a lot shorter time than Edge, and she probably didn't take as many crazy bumps as he did. But like they put Paige in the match? I don't know about in the match, but it feels like they're building towards a Bailey and Paige match. 
Whether they're trying to or not, that's what it feels like. Like eventually Paige will come out of retirement and she'll beat Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Because if they don't do that, then it's kind of like for nothing. Waste. Right. Like when we saw the stuff between Daniel Bryan and the Miz when Daniel Bryan was was retired. What a waste. It was really great stuff, but we knew there was going to be no payoff because Daniel Bryan couldn't wrestle. And then eventually when it did, when he did was able to wrestle, when he was able to wrestle, it was a waste then. <laughs> so, Because they booked it wrong. Yeah. Do, do you think that it's possible that maybe they could book a Bailey versus Paige match somewhere down the line? As long as Paige is cleared, of course. I wouldn't do that for next week. I would maybe push that for sometime in the summer or in the fall, maybe. That's because what I mean. m- my whole thing with with the with the uh, the Fatal Five way is, how is this going to impact Sasha and Bailey? Sasha going to sneak in and win the title? Are we finally going to get the Sasha and Bailey match that we claim that we're over? But who knows how they build it? You know what what's going to happen with those two? Well, apparently it's being it was being reported that. Sasha was set for a babyface turn after WrestleMania, and um, it, it makes sense for Sasha to kind of turn babyface. Even though we kind of, she's kind of more of a natural heel. Bailey is still kind of new, still relatively new to her heel run. She hasn't been a heel for a long time. She's only been a heel for maybe like eight months or so. She you had, need at least a year to make it work. Yeah, so turning her back babyface wouldn't work. Um, so maybe it would work with the roles reverse of Sasha versus Bailey, because I know one thing they're trying to do to try and avoid spoilers. WB is that they have recorded two different endings, or every match, every match, or depending the how many people, like you know the Fatal Five way, and what is now a triple threat match for the SmackDown champ, uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, br- just real briefly that. Uh, the Miz was sick at the time of the WrestleMania tapings, and you know people were just like go home. What are you doing here? Meltzer has reported that apparently it's John Morrison versus one of the members of the New Day and one of the members of the Usos in a triple threat ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. I mean that. Also, got to remember real quick. I just remembered this. This makes sense, right? Because you don't want to have too many people in the same space. So, if you have two, four, six plus. You know, a couple of referees around ringside. You're looking at eight or nine people. If you subtract that, now maybe you have five or six. It's a lot safer for everybody else. You also have to remember so, cameramen and then people at the commentary table. Uh, it's right. Those added figures, those added people, where you don't want to have too many people in close contact with each other. And unfortunately right. for wrestling, you're very close. If you're a wrestler, you're very close contact with people. And obviously we'll get to it later, but that's why blood and guts isn't happening until further notice. And we'll get to that uh, a little bit later, but that match has 10 people plus a referee that's already 11 and you haven't even put in the cameraman, the the announcers or whatever. And they said, until we're allowed to have more, the mass gathering ban is lifted. We're not having this paper. We're not having this event. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I think that, I, I think that, they're trying to make a best of a bad situation. I mean, you said before, like, why don't you just cancel the match at that point? Because they have been kind of building to it. If anything, a match that they should cancel are it should be the Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Andrade. Because Andrade, I don't, I apparently I've read that apparently it's not just because he's staying home to kind of self quarantine. I don't think he's showing any symptoms. I think it's more of a rib injury he suffered on Raw when he faced Rey Mysterio. I think that's I think that's more the reason why he is not going to be a part of Mania, and Angel Garza's new tag team partner is supposed to be Austin Theory. 
Um, okay. I mean, the match is weird to begin with. I mean, I guess because Austin Theory is there. I did mention off mic that, you know, why don't you just give Morrison a, someone from NXT to kind of put it in, but I guess the least people not in the ring, the better. Um, a few things that happened on Monday Night Raw that I want to get into uh, are the promo segments of Randy Orton and Seth Rollins. Um, Randy Orton's promo segment was so damn good. Very similar to uh, his uh, Edges segment last week. You know, he said that, you know, I was handed an opportunity. But do you think getting handed an opportunity gets a Hall of Fame career? Not everybody who gets handed an opportunity here doesn't have, doesn't do the things that I have done in my career. And you like to call yourself the ultimate, ultimate opportunist. Do you really think if Triple H asked you to join Evolution, would you have said no? Come on, think about that for a second. He also mentioned how he has been doing the things that uh, to Edge because he does love him and he does love Beth and he does love his daughters. He mentioned them, Ruby and Lyric, because he he did what he did to send his dad to send their dad home so he doesn't get hurt again. And he says that Adam Copeland is a junkie for Edge. They randomly put in Edge returning at the Rumble in the middle of his promo. I don't understand why. That made no sense. But they also had like they had a picture of him and Cowboy Bob. They had a picture of him winning the IC title. They had a picture of him after he won the World Heavyweight title. They had a picture of him in Evolution when they said, do you really think if Triple H asked you to join Evolution, would you say no? Um, another match, again, that I am excited for, despite all the circumstances, Randy Orton and Edge. And I think that it may have been better than Edge's promo or just as good. I don't know. What do you think, Sean? Say maybe just as good because they both kind of really spoke from the heart and they both really, I guess, dug into each other, especially Orton and the Edge, where he's like, you know what? You're right. I was handed an opportunity, but I'm a Hall of Famer because of it. That doesn't get handed to me. Um if Triple H had asked you to join Evolution, you wouldn't have said no. Things like that. He's kind of making digs into Edge sort of thing where it's like, yeah, I was handed these opportunities and I made the best of them and I'm a Hall of Famer because of these opportunities that I was given. I was given the opportunity and I did the work. How dare you tell me otherwise sort of thing. So yeah, I think maybe about the same. Maybe Orton's was a little better. But you're right. This is a match I'm absolutely looking forward to. Again, I wish it would take place in front of 75,000 people in front of the world. But we're everything else is secondary right now. And, yeah. and that's the conversation we'll keep coming back to. Um, so the idea that we'll have the match is nice. Um, the idea that we get Edge back into a ring is nice. Also, we have to remember, I know it sucks that Edge is not returning at the WrestleMania we wanted. We wanted Edge in that stadium, outdoors, sold-out crowd, chanting, welcome back, you still got it, yada, yada, yada. Here's the bottom line. We're going to get that eventually. He'll be at SummerSlam, right? Which hopefully still takes place in Boston. We have to imagine he'll be, he'll be at SummerSlam. Right, we have to imagine. You know, he'll be at other shows. I, I doubt he's going to be a full-time competitor. No, he's but not. he'll be he's at those, He'll be at those special. He'll be at those special pay-per-views. He'll be at the Royal Rumble in Seattle next year. He'll be at Mania in Los Angeles next year. We're going to get these opportunities to chant "Welcome back." You still got it. Um, we he will get to have his retirement match at a WrestleMania in front of the world, in front of 100,000 people. 
we're going to get that opportunity. Yes, it sucks we're not going to get this opportunity. But everyone's got to remember, we're going to get more opportunities to see Edge. He's not coming back for one match. Yes, he's not coming back to a full-time schedule. That might kill the man. But he is coming back to a reduced schedule, and he'll wrestle as much as he can. He'll wrestle maybe five, maybe six times a year if we're lucky. He'll wrestle in the Royal Rumble next year. He'll have a match at WrestleMania in Los Angeles next year. That's what we need to look forward to. And on top of that, Randy Orton in a last man standing match, yeah, there's going to be no crowd. It's still going to be a good match. I mean, that's the thing. I think after all we've seen, the WWE just needs to let Randy Orton do things. Like, if they want to use Randy in a storyline, just let him do what he wants. Honestly. Because we see Randy Orton is motivated to do something when he's working with people he likes and when he likes what he's doing. Because we saw the Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton thing. I mean, it was starting to do well, and then it just kind of fell flat. We saw AJ Styles and Randy Orton, and that was a pretty decent feud that led to Mania. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. And it's clear Randy Orton, you can see when he's enjoying himself. We can see he's having fun. And also, you, we've seen how he's just kind of like, you know... It's whatever. Know, autopilot Randy Orton. So just let... Right. Randy, give Randy Orton people he likes to work with. And then he'll be able to do... Or just... like Because he's talked about how he likes to work with younger guys and trying to put them over. I remember him putting over Rusev and Aiden English on Edge and Christian's podcast a few years ago. You know, that he wants to help put over younger guys so they can be there to do these European tours and he can kind of stay home more often. Um, just let him do what he wants. And this feud with Edge just goes to show that he's working with one of his closest friends. And, and when and when you let him do what he wants, he's the best damn performer in the business. He's been proving it for almost 20 years. Yeah. And also, I can tell they're not telling Edge and Orton to go out there and read from a script. That's all from the heart, what they're saying, those promos. Well, that's the thing, too, and that when you give Randy Orton something that he loves doing, and honestly, when this Edge storyline is over, I'd like to believe it's over after Mania. Maybe they have something else planned, but who knows? I would uh, think it's well, over. I would, I would think so. You, you never know with these guys. But let's say it's over, right? They sit Randy Orton down to a room, and they say, what do you want to do next? That should be the conversation how it starts. What do you want to do next? Not you have control, but let's hear some suggestions. Who do you want to work with next? Oh, I want to work with uh, Ricochet. Why? Because I could do this, 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 and that. Perfect. You're going to work with Ricochet. Do everything you just told us you were going to do. That's how we're going to do this storyline. Perfect. And it'll be the best damn thing on the show. Guaranteed. You said Ricochet, and I just got sad because I remember he's been... No, they're burying him, but it's no, an example. Buried. Like, he hasn't been buried. on TV in, like, over a month. Like, the last time we saw Ricochet was he wrestled Riddick Moss, and then he got buried. Like, and then let's say Alistair Black, because th- that has some... Randy Orton some, versus Alistair Black? And let's say that then. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like If Ricochet was properly built and it led to a match to him and Randy Orton, I would for sure be excited about it. But it's a, how they treat a lot of these guys. Like Alist- And if Alistair Black is treated well against a match against Randy Orton, and if Black wins, then hell yeah, I'm all for Randy Orton versus Alistair Black. I think that'd be a great match. Imagine Randy Orton selling the Black Mass. Oh, it'd be fantastic. I would, it would start. It would start with Randy Orton claiming that his jaw got ripped out of his body. He would literally look like his soul got ripped out of his body as he slowly falls into the mat. It would be great. It would be a great match, but 
But that's my point. If Randy Orton has those suggestions and he can give to Vince and Vince goes with it, 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 like you said, the example of when they let Randy Orton and Edge go out and do whatever they want. And this is one of the most hyped up matches and one of the most, one of the matches I'm really looking forward to next week. That's my point. When you let Randy Orton say, I want to do this and here's why, you let him go out and do it. True. That's my point. And he's the best damn performer in the business when he does it. He's been proving it for 18, 19 years now. Why stop now? Yeah, exactly. I think Randy Orton and Edge is another match I'm looking forward to. And another promo segment that happened this past week on Raw was uh, Seth Rollins' promo segment, which it got me ex- a little more excited for Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, whereas like I was kind of like lukewarm about it. But it got me more into it. You know, Seth Rollins came out and said that there would be no Performance Center if it wasn't for Seth Rollins. There would be no NXT. There'd be no Gargano. There'd be no Champa. There'd be no Women's Evolution, no takeovers without Seth Rollins. He's like, I worked my ass off, my blood, my sweat, and tears for people like you, Kevin, to get an opportunity to come here. I didn't have this when I joined the WWE. I was in a warehouse. I didn't have this fancy facility to train in. It's because of me that everyone has had this, got to come into this beautiful facility, you know? And I really like that. He was saying, and, like, and Kevin, you want to face me at WrestleMania? My best days are at WrestleMania. I won the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. I won the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. I cashed in Money in the Bank, first ever at WrestleMania. Still the only. And you... And what's your reputation at WrestleMania? Failure after failure after failure. And how? what did you do last year at WrestleMania, Kevin? Oh, yeah, that's right. You weren't even good enough to be on the card last year. So I'm glad that they did this to kind of make me a little more excited for Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. Because, again, it was one of those feuds where I was just like, it was getting a little lukewarm for me. But because they've been doing it since November. Yeah, it was kind of it's. But one thing that really sucks about this is that the fact, like Seth Rollins' faction, is kind of like gone. It's we haven't seen Murphy in a while. Uh, apparently, uh, Razor is or Ankum, I can't remember who. One of them's injured. They're going to be out for like eight months. Okay. And apparently the other one will just be put on the shelf and they have no plans for him. Honestly, when the time is when the time comes to have mass gatherings again and to put people back on Raw and SmackDown, AEW, NXT, and whatever, I think you should still keep them around and the faction around and just have, you know, Murphy and the other AOP member. Again, I can't tell who's who. Um, to just kind of... Twins? To, to be the tag team, you know? Just kind of have them be the tag team. Have the one big brute and the the high flying, you know, cruiserweight guy. I think that would be crazy to think. Let's say when all that all that happens again, Samoa Joe's been out for a while. Is it crazy to think that Joe would turn on Kevin and join Seth Rollins to have that fourth member in there? Um, not completely crazy, but I don't think Samoa Joe. I think he would outshine the rest of the faction. Honestly, I think he's a guy kind of like. Like Orton and the Wyatt family, or Moxley potentially joining Inner Circle back a, a while ago, I think Joe would just kind of outshine the group, 
and I would be more worried about the group itself for the elevation of someone like Buddy Murphy or the AOP uh, because that's why Rollins wanted to form this faction in the first place was to help get these other guys over because he's the veteran and he wants to build on the future of the WWE. Um, so... That's an interesting theory. Sorry, I lost my mic again, didn't I? Okay. I, what I was saying was, I don't think he necessarily needs to join um, Seth Rollins' faction in order to turn heel. He can do that on his own. That's a good point. Um, trying to go through other things. One about. thing about Joe is he's a great heel yeah, on his own. He's an absolutely phenomenal heel. He's just great in general. Like, one of the I, most real guys on the entire roster. Like, for my money, best on the mic in the entire WWE. Because when I when I see him talk, he feels absolutely real. He does not feel like it's coming from a script. It doesn't feel like it's formulated anything. It just feels absolutely real, and it just well, he he got some of the best out of Brock Lesnar on a mic. I remember there was a Raw a few years ago where he was talking about uh, his match against Brock the night before, and Brock goes, "What happened was I kicked your ass last night." Like, yeah. just having fun with him. Like, I like that, even though Joe kind of defeated was was defeated by Lesnar he still got in his face he's like they put Joe on Brock's level and that's what I really liked at the time um, there were moments before that match took place and I thought Joe was going to beat Brock I really did I was hoping. It, it, Joe was so over in that feud it wasn't even funny and yes Brock ended up winning the match he made Brock look like a total baby face which is something no one not even really Braun was really able, I mean I guess Braun was able to really do it but Joe did it first yeah that's the bottom line. And I think Joe did it better than Braun, but that's beside the point. The point is, you know, I, I remember I watched Inside the Ropes with uh with Paul Heyman the night before um the night before WrestleMania thirty four and he talked about Joe and he's like, I really wish we could have worked with Joe a year earlier than we did because it would have been ninety minute bloodbaths and he's right. Oh yeah, I watched that too. I really wish that they could yeah, he because he was comparing like who could do the thing with Brock Lesnar and Goldberg with how short it was. Samoa said, "Have to be like relevant." Yeah, he said Samoa Joe. He's like, I don't want to see Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar for ninety seconds. I want to see Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar for ninety minutes. He's like, Amen. I, yeah, he's like, Amen. I loved working with. He's like, I love Samoa Joe. I am a big admirer of his work, and I wish me, him, and Brock could have done, could have worked together a lot more the time than we did because we would have had a tremendous amount of matches between Joe and Brock. It would have been absolutely amazing, and he's right. It would have been great. Yeah, because he, he said that. Everything uh, he said, everything that year was leading up to the build of this year's WrestleMania, which means Joe was going to lose. But he said, if we had had the match the year before, oh my god, it he's crazy. like, it would have just been about Joe and Brock. I wish, I really wish, and hopefully one day it can still be about Joe and Brock. I think one day we'll get that day. I think we will. Um, a few other things that happened on Monday Night Raw: this weird feud between the Undertaker and AJ Styles continues, and <sighs> AJ says that he is challenging. Undertaker to a boneyard match. We still don't know what that is. It was a boneyard match. I I don't know. Sean, is it a casket match? Is it I, an I, extreme I, rules match? I, in, I don't know. I, I feel like they're gonna have like bone variations of weapons. When when this was first reported, like this was like everyone's just like, 
AJ Styles and The Undertaker at WrestleMania? Oh, man, that's going to be I great. Mean, like, the match is still going to be great. But, again, it's a matter of the build. Remember, we all got excited for Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles for WrestleMania and their feud. And that was horrible up until their very good last man standing match at Money in the Bank. But right. at the sa- it's like they messed up a feud like AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. And the build between AJ and Undertaker has been so weird. It has been so weird. I really don't like that they're trying to get so much of like Undertaker's real life into the situation. I don't like that. And the 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 Michelle McCool stuff is so overdrawn. It's not even funny. That that's the thing. Like, I still like like, yeah. You want to take a few real life jabs? They can be one liners. They don't have. And a few is enough. A few is enough. It's not. It doesn't have to be every single week. Like there could be a segment between AJ and the Undertaker where like you know, AJ kind of brings up his wife, and then in the same segment, Taker can just be like, well. I guess you admire my wife because you stole her finishing move. And just like, because essentially she had the <laughs> style. That's true. She, right. I mean, AJ was well, doing Well, who really had it first? I mean, AJ was doing it longer. We all know this. He was doing a lot longer than Michelle McCool was. But the thing is, you can have that segment be like a real-life one-time thing between Taker and AJ. But you don't have to ever do it again. It's like It seems like every week, AJ keeps bringing up more stuff about his real life. I, I don't know. The match is still going to be great, but like I said, as far as the build, it's not been a great build for me at all, oh, and that's a lot. Absolutely not. I love and, that. And you know what? Oh, go ahead. I I, th- I think that has a lot to do with, again, we go back to the circumstances of Mania being pushed out of Raymond James into the Performance Center. Maybe they're trying to make it a little more exciting because you're seeing a lot of these stipulation match. This match doesn't need a stipulation. No, it's Just AJ those Styles. Two- it's AJ Styles. Let those two go out. Let AJ carry the match. Make Undertaker look good. Doesn't really matter who goes over. Really doesn't. No, it doesn't. And 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 let those two go out and just have a great match. I understand a- the circumstances suck, yeah. but you don't need a stipulation AJ for this match. Can, you don't. AJ can still. He is the one guy. I've been saying this for years. He is the one guy who can bring Undertaker to one last amazing match. Like he is that guy. He's that damn good, and he's in his 40s. That's how good AJ Styles is. Ian McMahon and Drew McIntyre gave The Undertaker a great match in, in, in a random pay-per-view in July. Well, look, Imagine what AJ Styles can do. Look what AJ Styles did for Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. That was probably the best match in the whole show, that WrestleMania. What AJ did for Brock. That might yeah. have been his best match since he came back. Yeah. AJ Styles can... He is like the Shawn Michaels of this generation. He can make, he can literally have a great match with anybody. Anybody. It doesn't matter who you put him in the ring with. He will get a great match at a, he got great matches at a Jinder Mahal. That says a lot. A Clash of Champions match was actually not that bad. The one in London was fantastic. When he the one won in the, London was better. When he won, when he won the title from, from Jinder, that was a great match. But, Anyway, real quickly, I just want to, before we move on to more things here, I do want to mention that I'm glad that Becky Lynch is starting to act like the man again. I'm, I'm really glad they dropped the whole cringe thing because she just went into that segment with Shane, with uh, Charlie Caruso and Shayna Baszler and just attacked her with a steel chair. 
Uh, not going to talk too much about it because that's really I just all I wanted to say is that Becky Lynch is finally being the man again, and I like that. Uh, but I do think, Sean, we should move on to NXT. And the big thing that happened in NXT this week, um, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa had a face-to-face orchestrated by Triple H. And this was the match that was going to happen at TakeOver. And it was confirmed at NXT this week that the TakeOver matches will... Uh, NXT TakeOver uh, Tampa Bay has been canceled. But the matches for that card will be happening on weekly NXT TV. Uh, it really sucks. But just like Bray Wyatt was able to pull me in and still get me excited for his match against John Cena, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa still made me excited to see their final blow-off. I mean, the roles are reversed here. Both guys, it is about who is the face, the heart, and soul of NXT. That's what they're fighting for here. They've made it bigger than the title, you know? I did get to see a little bit of that segment we talked about last time we were on here about how Johnny Gargano was saying how that Tommaso Ciampa is a snake, he's a liar, the fans are too stupid to see, I've known the guy for years, I know what he's really all about, and how Ciampa said that I let Johnny have his moment in Philadelphia, he couldn't even let me have mine. Like, Ciampa gave, like, saying that it's not about the NXT Championship, it's about them. I mean, what did you think about this? I mean, I enjoyed it. I especially liked the idea that Triple H was involved in it because uh, normally you don't get to see a lot of that in Triple H. No. What, what I really enjoyed was when Johnny came out. I watched this back a few times where he's like, I don't understand why I'm being fined for destroying the Performance Center. It was Tommaso that attacked me first. He threw the weights at the wall, and this coward tried to jump through the medical room window to escape me. Yeah. I love playing. how he took that... Yeah, he took that jab at Shawn Michaels. He is doing great, great, great heel work, Gargano. He is so great. Um, I especially, uh, I saw a a meme that Gargano put up. He put like a emoji with on Champa's face on his Instagram page, where it's there the emoji is a temperature, like he's got a fever, and it's Gargano employing social distancing, and Triple H goes to Champa, don't touch him, Gargano, don't touch me. Stay six, he's like, at least stay six feet away from me. Um, what actually what, what intrigues me more about the match, too, is like, and yeah, I would rather it be on a bigger stage oh, in front yeah, of we, a lot of people, would. things we like all that. Would. But I am curious to see what it looks like in an empty arena because Triple H said, All I'm giving you when I find a building, I'll put a ring in it, I'll give you a referee, and I will give you a cameraman. And when it's over, it's done. So I am curious to see what those two do in an empty arena by themselves. I am curious that too. That does intrigue me. I am curious That does too. get me interested. Because you, you don't know what type of match they're having either. They, they they did not speculate. You don't know if it's a no disqualification match. You're or still going to bring in Hell in a Cell, aren't you? I'm really not, because I wouldn't okay. do that in an empty arena. I would not do that. Okay. I'm just saying you don't know if it's going to be a no DQ match or not. You don't know what, what the rules are, things like that. That actually interests me a little bit going into it. It's like we really don't know what they're going to do. We we still – the one thing is is that uh, Triple H mentioned, he said, when this is over, it's over. If you guys do this again, you leave NXT. So he's really hammering home, this is it. Like this is the last match that we're gonna see between Char- Gargano and Champa, and this, remi- this reminds me of uh, Bad Blood 04 between Undertaker, Mike, or um, Triple H, Michaels inside the cell. They said, "When it's over, it's over." And it makes me wonder, 
Is it really going to be over, though? I feel like at some point they are going to find a way to have Gargano and Ciampa like, have this match again. Um, Not right away, but yes, right at some point in our lives again, in the next, in the near future, I'd say within the next year or two, they'll have another fight. Because it makes me wonder, like if they do this stipulation, it makes me wonder that if Gargano was to implement it and try and fight him again, okay, Gargano leaves NXT, but Gargano still works for WWE, so he can go to SmackDown or Raw. But Champa has openly said, I will not go to SmackDown or Raw. I will retire if they try to make me go. And I kind of feel like Gargano would be on the same page as Champa because I feel like Gargano and Gargano and Champa love NXT so much that they don't they want to be there and they want to make that the best show in WWE, which it is. It still is the best wrestling show that WWE has. Sure. But it does suck that this was that this was supposed to be a takeover. It was going to end and I love how Gargano said, like, this was supposed to end last year, but he went and broke his, he went and being stupid and broke his neck. And, and look, and look at that. And fate intervened again. So I just, again, the Gargano and Champa feud has been my favorite feud in wrestling for the past number of years. And it may be my favorite feud in all of WWE. That's how good it is. That's how much I love it. Um, And it is the most exciting thing happening, and it does not have the NXT title, which it goes to show, you can have great storylines in wrestling that don't involve the championship. You just have to have a compelling story and two great characters like Gargano and Ciampa, and the history that they've had. You really think about it. Their paths only really crossed with the NXT championship once. You're you're right, and that was the takeover. There we were to there see for. that match. We were there. To see that was their only match they had for the championship. Because wow. they were supposed to have the triple threat that night. Alistair Black got hurt. Yes, they were supposed to have the the last match at Takeover New York for the championship, and mm-hmm. Champa got hurt. Yeah, and now they were supposed to main event Tampa Bay without the championship. It does make me wonder, though. It. I really wish that Champa was okay and that we could have finally seen the end of that story. Because if this thing, if this virus still happened, like we'd still be, we would still be in the same situation. But it makes me wonder, you know, would the, still have the same impact? I mean, th- things happened and things have gotten in the way. So there's not, it's more of like, you know, what if? And unfortunately, we can't turn back time. But. I really wish that this didn't have this virus didn't happen and we'd still be getting this this huge huge main event of a match but I'm still excited to see what can happen because these guys can I think they will make a best of that situation and will make this match incredible. Not to mention they're both creative superstars. They'll find a way to make this thing really good like oh, you yeah. just said. So I'm not worried about that. Yes, I'd rather be on a big stage in front of a sold out crowd. Yes, I'd rather have it inside Hell in a Cell. But um <laughs> Man, obviously we're not getting that. Maybe so somebody, one day. Maybe one day. Somebody in NXT has got to step up and make it worthy. But anyway, that's another podcast for another day. Yeah. Anyway, these two, I think, will find a way to make this creative. They'll make it. They, they will literally have us on the edge of our seats the whole time. I have no doubt. The question is, what type of match are they going to have? That's what still interests me. Will it be no DQ? Will they have a submission match or whatever? Will it just be, you know, will it be a last man standing? I personally think... It'll be no DQ, but it'll be one fall to a finish. 
I obviously because they want to find out who's best. I, I agree because I feel like it's going to be very reminiscent of their match in New Orleans. I think it's going to be very similar to that. Canon section match. Yeah, but I feel like they... I feel like it's going to be like, like that and a little bit... I feel like they will fight all over the place too because I think with an empty arena, they're going to go in the crowd and throw chairs at each other, you know, and also sim- similar to... I don't know because the more I think about it, you could you could bring in the Chicago match, you could bring in the street fight, the, the street fight, the takeover, the last man standing match, take over Brooklyn Four. There's a lot you could implement in there, but I think here's it, what I here's what I think about this, CJ. Because remember, Triple H said I'm gonna find a building. He never mentioned an arena, so let's say he goes and finds them a random warehouse to go fight in. They'll be all over the place. Who's to say, and, and maybe it's a little bit of a stretch because of the circumstances outside, who's to say they don't take the fight outside? I don't know, maybe. Who's to say they don't take the fight all over the place and just make it fun and interesting for all of us? Now, again, maybe that's a stretch because you're not supposed to go outside right now, but you know, WWE has permits for, for stuff like this. For example, their mania is still going on. How? I don't know, but it's still going on. Well, that's why they taped mania, because had they waited... <laughs> to actually do it live, they would be in uh, violation of that ban in Orlando. Because for all we know, this match could have been taped already. Oh, he already has, honestly. And you know what's funny? We we talk about WWE. They have no offseason, this and that. They're about to get one. Yeah, they're about to get one. I think the wrestlers are going to be very appreciative of that. Yeah. But you know what? Maybe that's kind of a blessing in disguise. A lot of these guys are going to be able to heal up. All these girls are going to be able to heal up, things like that. It's going to suck for us, of course. But again, there's a bigger picture. Much, much bigger. And we'll get through it, and they'll come back. Yeah. And they'll come back. WWE will come back. Yeah, wrestling will come back. Don't worry. Of course. We'll be able to have mass gatherings again. Exactly. And you know what? It's funny because, like, these guys were the last. If they do disappear for a while, they were the last ones to disappear. They'll be the first to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I guess kind of wrap things up with uh, AEW. And some things that happened on the, on this card. Uh, Brody Lee had his debut match against QT Marshall. But before that happened, though, we had a funny little segment <laughs> where Brody Lee is with John Silver and I cannot remember this other guy's name in the Dark Order. The other guy, the two jobbers who were getting they, they were getting uh, they were getting jobbed by John Moxley almost every week. They're losing tag matches. Then they joined Dark Order, and now they're kind of something. Anyway, they're in a room with Brody Lee, and there's food in front of them. Brody Lee is eating a steak, and he, he's like, "You have to." He's as he's cutting the steak, he's eating. He's like, "You have to remember, we're the lions of AEW now. We can do whatever we want. The Dark Order I, will be big. It will be different now." Because, you know, just iterating, we're the Lions. We can do whatever we want. And then one of the guys, he starts to eat his food. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm not done eating. You don't get to eat until I'm finished eating. Go. Get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want to see you. Get out. And you could argue, okay, maybe that's not necessarily a, a, a jab at Vince McMahon. But once, I think John Silver is the one with the long hair. Once he sneezed in Brody Lee's presence, he's like, are you kidding me? Get out! Leave! Leave! <laughs> that is a clear jab at Vince McMahon oh, yeah. because we all know he hates sneezing. <laughs> I was laughing so hard I couldn't contain myself. I-, I just saw that all over like YouTube. Like, 
AEW takes a jab at Vince McMahon. I'm like, what did they do? I watched it. I was like, oh, this is freaking hilarious. Uh, Brody Lee had his debut uh, debut match in AEW, beating QT Marshall. After the match, he had just dropped a Dark Order mask, essentially saying, join the Dark Order. Um, commentary was very interesting. You had Tony Schiavone, but you also had Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega. Uh, Cody and Kenny had joined Tony Schiavone this week for AEW commentary. Jim Ross and Excalibur, I guess, are among the few who are deciding to stay home, which, you know, fine, no, good enough. Uh, worry about your health first. Uh, Cody had a good match with Jimmy Havoc, and Kenny had a really good match with uh, Sammy Guevara for his AAA title. I don't remember the exact phrasing of that championship, but... They had is a- their world title. Is it their world title, or is it like a mid-card Believes- title? No, I believe it's their world title. Oh, wow, really? I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Um, anyway, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't follow AAA, so I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it was. All right. So, anyway, yeah, they had a pretty good match. Uh, the main talking point of AEW for me, though, was the main event segment of Matt Hardy, broken Matt Hardy, with Chris Jericho in the ring. And it's Chris Jericho. Just Chris- to, inter- oh, to interrupt you real quick, CJ, I did look it up. Yes, it is Kenny Omega. He is their world champion. Okay, it is Kenny. Okay, all right. I d- okay, good enough. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Chris Chris Jericho, I believe he was yelling at Vanguard <laughs> Vanguard One. <laughs> he hates Vanguard One. And then Matt Hardy, I love the little effect. tried to get Vanguard One to join the inner circle. <laughs> I love the effect they were doing. Like they had. Matt Hardy just jumped from place to place to place to place. I love the little editing they did there. I like the little red streak in Matt Hardy's hair. And that Matt Hardy's new vessel is Damascus. And he is 3,000 years old. Uh, I, I loved this segment so much. They're going back and forth. Chris Jericho is trying to get Matt Hardy to join the uh, the inner circle. And Matt Hardy keeps telling him, you don't understand. I am magic. Like, yeah, that's how he said. He's like, how he was able to jump from everywhere. He's like, I am magic. Maker of the pain. He's like, maker of the pain. You knew I'd come. And Chris Jericho's like, yes, of course I knew you'd come. Uh, you'd come. Like, we had this segment advertised a week ago. Of course I knew you'd I- come. Um, it was very funny. And I love the point. Uh, my favorite point was, uh, where he's like, so I'm going to give you one more chance, Matt. Are you inner circle? Or are you the elite? Delete! You're not hearing me. I said inner circle or elite. Delete! Elite! Elite! Delete! 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 Stop! 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 <laughs> but actually, my favorite thing in this whole segment was Matt Hardy just call- calling Chris Jericho a hole of the ass. <laughs> this was really funny. This was really good. I love Matt Hardy. I love so Matt much. Hardy. I love Broken Matt Hardy. And he started singing. Uh, theme song too. You will fade away and classify yourself as obsolete. 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 I, uh, I'm glad he is finally getting to be creative again. He's finally being able to do what he wants before he's at the end of his wrestling career. I'm very happy for Matt Hardy. And again, this was the highlight of the show for me. Just they made the best out of a bad situation with this segment. Um, you know, towards the end, uh, Chris Jericho is like, oh, you, you like magic tricks. Well, I'm magic too. Abracadabra, 
Matt Hardy gets his ass kicked, and here comes Sammy Guevara and starts beating up, <laughs> uh, starts beating up Matt Hardy, and then Jericho and Co- I'm sorry, uh, Omega and Cody just run out of the commentary desk, and they have chairs, and it, simultaneously they hit Guevara and Jericho with steel chairs. You know, they're signed together. Um, I guess since the Young Bucks, they live in California, so they're part of that whole California lockdown at the moment, so they're not really able to travel anywhere. Um, you uh, at the end, like Guevara and Jericho are trying to run out of the way, and then pff, flames come one way, pff, flames come the other way, and it's Matt Hardy doing it. And I love how they ended the segment. Like Tony Schiavone, I, I laughed at this because, like, because then he lifts both his arms up, and all the flames are going everywhere. And there's literally one minute left. He's like, "Oh my god, we're out of time!" Like, that's how AEW ended. Tony Schiavone saying, like, oh, my goodness, we're all out of time. See you next week, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really good. Um, again, AEW is doing a great job and making the best out of a bad situation. I think still they're consistently going on and going forward with the plans that they wanted to do in the first place, despite the coronavirus being here. And it's still really compelling, great television, and I'm still way more interested in that than I am with the WWE. Oh, real quickly, John Moxley actually he came and attacked Jake Hager. That's too. right, he beat up Jake Hager. He beat up Jake Hager, and he was, um, and he was, you know, you know, he's laying the challenge at the inner circle. He's here, ready to fight whenever. Real quickly though, did you see the cameo that John Moxley had in WWE backstage? I did not. Oh, uh, this is when this is over. Go look it up. Like Booker T, Xavier Woods, and Renee. Young. Oh, oh, that one. Yes, yes, yes I did. Yes, <laughs> they're all laughing. Booker T's like cameo. Ha ha ha! Shucky ducky quack quack. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. He doesn't give a shit. Uh, he does not. I'm happy for him. But but anyway, yeah. So despite everything, AEW has been pulling forward. They've been doing a great job with their television. I mean, just the week prior, I think was one of the best episodes of AEW they've ever done uh, of Dynamite. So we talked about this briefly off mic and we we asked ourselves how long can they feasibly postpone Blood and Guts? And we've talked about it here too throughout the show. But my question, Sean, is how long can they feasibly keep building this until this ban has been lifted? Selfishly, I'd like to say till July 22nd so we could see the match yes. uh, at the Prudential Center. <laughs> I'd like to say that selfishly, but realistically, um, I definitely think it's going to be at least a couple of months. And not the fact that that they can build it for a couple of months. They're going fu- to have to find a way to build it for a couple of months. Because with the whole thing that the president has said and, and all the governors have said, uh, no gatherings of 10 people more. Connecticut said five, actually. So so good luck having the match in Connecticut. Um, but moral of the story, it's normally 10 people or more. The blood and guts match with all the competitors and the referee is 11. You have not encountered cameramen. You've not encountered ring announcers. You've not encountered timekeepers. You've not encountered announcers. Commentary. There is no commentary. Yes. Say that. Yeah. Anyway. The point is, there is no way, shape, or form that this match can take place until those gatherings or bans have been lifted. So, my understanding is at least a month and a half to two months before this match can even remotely be considered taking place. The other thing, they're not going to have this match at Daly's place in front of nobody. 
Yeah. I, I hate to say it, it's not happening. Yeah, they can't so even if the now I don't know how many shows have been postponed in regards to you know, you know for example the Prudential Center show canceled, but it's being moved to July twenty second. I don't know how many weeks in advance they've done that. I think they've done it till at least mid April. So at the very least, we're not getting the match through the month of April. It'll be in May, I think, at some point. But you also have to remember they have to do it in a big, big way. So you have to pick and choose your spot. Obviously, they picked the Prudential Center because it was tri-state area. The arena can hold 20,000 plus. um, And they were building a huge show. Now, do I expect them to wait until July 22nd? God, I'd love for them to. But they're not going to. So my understanding is it'll probably be sometime in May, May, maybe early June. They'll have to pick a good venue for it. Um, so yeah, I mean, realistically speaking, CJ, if I had to pick, I'd say second week of June, they have the match. I feel like that's plenty of build towards this. A long, long time towards this. Um, and I think at that point... It seems feasibly possible. Um, long as everybody does their part. Yeah. Because I, I really don't see this stuff dying down uh, and getting better until at least, like, in May. Um, because I had mentioned to you off mic that... Um, slightly off topic, but not entirely. I saw a video from Zelina Vega's Instagram page, like the IGTV videos... And apparently her and Aleister Black are starting a YouTube channel. And if you've been living under a rock, Aleister Black and Zelina Vega are married. Um, <gasps> <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember <laughs> I remember when that came out. I was shocked. But anyway, the fact of the matter is they were talking and he was, Aleister Black was saying, like, uh, you know, I don't mean to be a downer in this entire thing, but um, I have a brother who works in the med- med- uh, medical field and he says at least for things to start opening up again and for people to have mass gatherings again, it may take two and a half, three months or so. Like, the virus won't go away. It'll be more contained at this at that point. But for things to start slowly start opening up again, it's going to gonna take that long, about. So I would say probably, like, end of May, beginning of June is when we could feasibly see the actual Blood and Guts match. I would agree. And also, not to mention, too, and it's just, you know, talking about the whole virus in itself, you don't want America to come back too soon. And and what I say about that is with mass gatherings and all that stuff, obviously the economy is going to have to open up at some point. I understand that. But for an example, Hong Kong came back too soon. You know, they thought they were okay. They thought they had no more reported cases. Then they found out that the virus was still there and that they couldn't stop the spread again. So that's the last thing that they want America to do. So in regards back to AEW and the Blood and Guts match, they will not do this match, CJ, until it is 100% safe to go ahead with it and do it. I mean, before a lot of stuff was getting... I'm sorry to cut you off, but a lot of stuff getting worse. I mean, Tony Khan did say that no one's push or job will be affected if you do not want to come to work if you are afraid to come to work for your own health. And that's more important. Absolutely. And when you look at this Blood and Guts match, it won't be safe to have the match in an empty arena because it's not safe enough to open the doors, which means it's not safe enough for more than 10 people to be around each other. So this match is going to take place in front of people. So until we, and so until the empty arena show stops, CJ, we're never getting this match. Yeah. So I really believe around early June, maybe mid-June, selfishly end of July, but realistically, 
uh, middle of June, the latest, I think we're going to get this match, which again is plenty of build, but you don't want to overbuild. But at the same time, AEW doesn't have another choice. They're going to have to overbuild. You, you're going to have to have the match at some point. And I think at the, er, the right when the time it is to have the match, I think you should have it. Selfishly, like you said, yes, I would love to see it live. And we were supposed to see it live. Unfortunately, other things happened and got in the way. But I think you can, there's only so much time you can build to something. And it can really still have people invested in the actual match. And that will actually really be a real challenge to AEW. I know they're they're very much in the long-term booking of things. And they've been doing a great job of it. But it will really test their strength as to see how long can they really book this. And how long can they really build up to this to keep people interested. I just I just thought of two things actually. I'll I'll figure I'll deal with the first thing because it kind of leads into it. Would you think that AEW will put the blood and guts build on hold? I don't for see, maybe a month. I don't see that. And happening. then go back. I don't see that happening. No. Okay. Because no. I could totally see a scenario where maybe Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy get into a huge rivalry. They have a match a couple of weeks down the line. Cody and Kenny start doing their own thing. We're not going to see the Young Bucks until they're safe enough to travel again. And even in regards, we're not going to see Nick Jackson in the match because Matt Hardy took his place. So we're not going to see Nick for a while. Um, whenever Matt comes back, probably in the next few weeks when he's cleared to travel, hopefully. Um, so that's one thing. Maybe they put the build on hold and do something else and then get back to it. Here's the second thing. Best case scenario, I just realized this. Blood and Guts will take place at Double or Nothing in Las Vegas. That's actually a really, really good scenario. End of May, realistic. Right, it's a pay-per-view Memorial Day weekend. That's two months down the line. Well, that's a realistic option for them to have. Las Vegas did say, well, the the MGM Graham they said that they were banning all events until like middle of May, and that's when, like, I think Double or Nothing falls after that. So they'll be fine to as far as the moment. Are, at the moment, things are still fine. Double or Nothing it, will still Double happen. or Nothing. Right, it has not been postponed as of yet. I think everything in AEW has been postponed through April and maybe the beginning of May, but Double or Nothing has not been postponed yet. Another thing is that when all this is... I know they wrote the injury angle where Matt would be in the match, where Matt Hardy would be in the match with the Elite, but when all this is over, is is Nick Jackson still going to have injuries? I mean, they could write it in there, but I think at that point you could still put Nick Jackson in the match and try and get Jeff Cobb to come back to AEW and have a match. I was about to say, who's to say they can't do six on six? That's what I'm saying. But apparently Jeff Cobb never they put... They could easily. Apparently Jeff Cobb never put pen to paper on uh, with AEW. That's that's just great. I mean, well, he's still, well, he wants to have his options open. Ring of Honor, New Japan, uh, AEW. If I, I'm going to look it up real quick. I think he's still listed as a member of the Inner Circle. I'm not sure if he is. Because we haven't seen Jeff Cobb in a while. Um, no, it doesn't have him listed as a member anymore. He was briefly there, and now he's gone. Mike was going in and out again. No, I'm still here. Oh. No, it just says that um, Jeff Cobb is no longer listed as a member of the Inner Circle. They said he was a, quote, hired gun to try and take out John Moxley. Probably only had a few weeks of work then. Probably. I think they were trying to get him to come into AEW, but didn't work out but what but with that idea though 
Because again, if they save the match till the end of May, you're not going to not have Nick Jackson in it. So maybe you do do a six-on-six scenario. You could bring an MJF into the match or maybe a Brody Lee or somebody to come into the inner circle and help them out and make it a six-on-six. I would say and MJF. That could, yeah. And then you could do a double main event and then you know either have John Moxley defend the world title in the main event or they go on first and then Blood and Guts main events the show. Either way, CJ, it is a very realistic option that we see Blood and Guts at double or nothing. Yeah, I think so. I think that would actually, that might benefit them more. That would really benefit them more. The only thing is if you put, I think MJF is a clear opponent for John Moxley for the title and John Moxley still has issues with the inner circle. So... I think to myself, what would John Moxley do at Double or Nothing? They give him somebody else. Maybe they give him like a Brody Lee or somebody like that. Maybe they push somebody else. Maybe Brody Lee might work. I think that could work. Brody Lee could work. Yeah. I think Brody Lee versus John Moxley could work actually very well because they've worked together in the Indies and WWE for a long time. Right. I was about to say Jake Hager, but then I remember they need him for the match. Yeah, they do. But no, I mean, th- there are ways around this, and they have a couple of months to do it. But honestly, if I'm Tony Khan, and if I maybe he said it already, I am thinking double or nothing for Blood and Guts because you want it on a big stage. And no disrespect to some of these smaller cities that they go to that benefit pro wrestling, but they're not having the match in Missouri. They're not having the match in Salt Lake City, Utah. Nope. None of that. They wanted to be a big they, crowd. They, that's why Newark. They wanted to be a- Newark was a big option because it was the New York, New Jersey area, and it was the first time AEW was ever going to come to the area. And not to say that they won't have a big show lined up for us in July. They're going to. I think they will. They're going to make it up to everybody. Oh, yeah. But like we're probably going to get a world title match that night, guaranteed. Bottom line, it would have been nice to see the match. But realistically, if I'm speaking in realistic terms... It doesn't get better than the big their big one of their biggest pay-per-views of the year. It doesn't get any bigger than Las Vegas. And if Las Vegas is willing to have them at the end of May for Memorial Day weekend, that's where you have the match. And that match made events the pay-per-view. I'm all for it. Let's see if it happens. Let me go on the booking. <laughs> yeah, okay. Matt, Nick, get out of here. We're gonna book AEW now. <laughs> Matt Nick, not not that we want you to leave, but have you guys thought about Las Vegas? And if they haven't, then we take their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody just give us because a Because I'm job sorry, somewhere. like I literally just thought of that and I'm like I understand why they haven't announced it yet. See, that's but rest- man, they should soon. That's wrestling brain, dude, or just creative creativity, just flowing through your mind. Because again, you don't want to. And again, no disrespect to the smaller markets, but you're not having this match in a smaller market. No. You're having this match in a big market, and the next big market that hasn't been postponed yet is Las Vegas. Absolutely, man. Uh, now I want it to be in Double or Nothing. I want it to just call it Double Double well, or Nothing, nothing blood, blood and Guts. guts. Exactly. Yep. You set the two rings up, you have Moxley and Brody Lee for the world title, and then the main event is the Blood and Guts match. Yeah. It's the Elite versus the Inner Circle, nine months in the making. And at that point, you can do six-on-six because Nick's got to be back by then. Yeah. So you do do the six-on-six. Yeah. You bring somebody in for the Inner Circle, and and you bring Nick Jackson back into the You can throw in MJF, you can throw in Sean Spears, you can throw in somebody, throw in a heel, and just have them... (laughs) Join. I don't know about join, but at least be an honorary member of the. It's Archer, you could do. What's that? Oh, Lance. Oh, yeah, Lance Lance Archer. Lance Archer makes sense too because he's in a feud with Cody. So why not put him in the match and do six on six? Actually, you know what? 
forget that. Scratch MJF. Throw Lance Archer. Throw Lance Archer in the match. Have, and have MJF face Moxley for the world title. Yeah, that works too. That works too. God. Just book double or nothing for AEW at Tony Khan. Yeah, the two the two big marquee matches, we just booked them. As long as they could still have the event. Yeah, let's hope so. Which I would assume that's best case scenario. It's two months away. As long as everybody does their part, they should at least be able to start traveling again yeah. and have the and have the pay-per-view. Yeah, uh, maybe yeah. they don't sell out the pay-per-view. Maybe they only sell about 5,000 tickets and they spread everybody out. But at least they can have it. Yeah. I, I still think double or nothing is very much, very much possible. possibility. I mean, absolutely. There, there are things going on like, you know, just in my life, I'm supposed to be, but I don't think I am anymore. I was supposed to be going to Texas for my uh, a friend's bachelor party trip. And in the group chat the other day, one of the rooms was like, all right, guys, do we need to talk about this? Do we postpone the trip? Because he's getting married at the end of May, and I'm like, yeah, we should. Because the way things are going, this is not good, and we need to. Our health is more important. And we can always do it, it another time. Right. That's that's the main thing. It's more. So where we live in right now, it's health world, is more important. Health is more important. It's the world we live in. Yes, these. I commend AEW and WWE still wanting to give us entertainment, still wanting to help people out through this trying time. But at the same time. The world is not going to get upset with you if you can't do certain things because there are things getting in the way. I think in life, health has always been more important. This is just one of those reminders in life that it's like, hey, here's a reminder. Your health is important. Yeah, your health is important. And just do what's been told of you, and we will all be okay. We will all get through this. Absolutely. So, CJ, before we wrap up, any final thoughts as we go into the the next week of wrestling? Mania is a week away. What are your thoughts as we have the go-home shows of Raw, NXT, SmackDown, all that fun stuff this week? I mean, things in wrestling have been weird, but it's because of the coronavirus they've been weird. But I'm really enjoying the stuff with AEW right now. That's the thing I've been really enjoying the most. Um, I still am looking forward to WrestleMania. Like, even if I'm lukewarm about WrestleMania any year, I'm still like, it's still WrestleMania. There's only been ever one year where I've been consistently watching wrestling where I didn't watch it, and that was Mania 32. I actually didn't watch that live because I just knew it was going to be bad. I did. I chose that over the Mets Royals opening day, and I highly regret it. Wow. Now, if you want to catch Mania 32, here's a plug. It's on ESPN tonight at 7. Here's a here's a spoiler. Don't watch it. <laughs> I was going to say, I, re- I re-watched it on the network. I was like, yeah, this sucks. Because I actually got home that night to Roman and Triple H and it put me to sleep. But anyway. Watch, watch the Intercontinental title ladder match. Watch the women's triple threat. And watch AJ and Jericho. AJ and Jericho. That's it. Those, That's all you Those are the best say. matches of the entire show. That's it. But anyway, and you know what? And and Triple H's and Roman Reigns' promo before the match only because I had Avenged Sevenfold in it. That's it. Yeah, that's about it. It's the only good thing about Mania that year. But anyway, that's pretty much it. Just everybody stay safe, stay healthy, stay inside, stay indoors. I know if you miss your loved ones, just call them, check up on them. Just your health is more important, and we're all gonna get through this. Man, and and real quick before we sign off, just my my thoughts going into Mania. Yes, it sucks. There's gonna be nobody there. But we are going to remember this mania for this reason of this is going to be when we look back next year at mania 37 in front of 100,000 people in that brand new stadium they're opening up outside Los Angeles. We're going to look back and say, wow, we watched WrestleMania last year and it had zero people in attendance. Obviously horrible. That is an attendance record. (laughs) Zero Zero people. Zero people. Zero. And um, 
And we're going to look back on that and say, wow, we came a long way. WWE came a long way because I actually expect Mania 36 to be somewhat of a build to Mania 37 because you know in Vince's mind, he's like, okay, we have these horrible circumstances for Mania 36. We're going to make Mania 37 the best Mania anybody's ever seen. Let's hope so. And I think that every and you would hope so, right? You, you would honestly hope that. And because it's going to be in a brand new stadium, 100,000 people are going to pack the place. It, it, honestly, it's going to break an attendance record basically not even a year after the Rams and the Chargers opened up that stadium. They're going to break an attendance record. So my understanding is they're going to make that mania the best one yet. But again, you're going to look back on this mania. And it's I love, by the way, how they say WrestleMania, too big for one night. Yeah, because you don't want to do eight hours in front of nobody. It's not that it's too big. You just don't want to do one night straight. So, of course, it's going to be two nights. They're never going to do that again. So, it is interesting, and I will remember this one because, and even, you know, years down the line, if my kids ever get into wrestling, I'll never, well, maybe I'll force them. But if they, I try not to force them. I'll get to tell them about this WrestleMania, how it took place in front of absolutely nobody. I mean, this whole, And they still did the show for us. This whole time is history that we are all witnessing. That's one thing to remember, too. Absolutely. So with that being said, CJ, I'm sure we'll get to do this at least one more time next week. We'll still be in, well, I'll be in semi-quarantine because I still got to go into the city and, and do my part to I'm keep Sirius XM on the air. I'm still in quarantine, yeah, I, so I'll be available. We'll do this next week as well. We will maybe try to get one out before Mania, maybe, maybe after. We'll see what our schedules look like. Uh, but either way, we will do one. We'll wrap up some things next week. So with that being said, for Sean McChesney and CJ Palmasano, we'll see you next time.